Hey everyone, uh, welcome uh, to Christ Community Chapel. I'm Joe Coffey, uh, lead pastor here at CCC. And uh, if somebody has sent you this link, and this is the first time that you are joining us, I just want to tell you, uh, welcome. Thanks for coming. Uh, we are in a series we are calling Famous Stories of Love. Famous Stories of Love. So far, we have uh, picked kind of a situation and like a snapshot, taking a look at it as a story of love. Uh, we looked at Simon the Pharisee and a woman who was a prostitute, a snapshot of how Jesus loved them. Uh, last week, we looked at the Good Samaritan, another snapshot of how love is seen in that story. This week's is going to be a little bit different. We're going to look at uh, a disciple named Peter. And we're going to look at several different situations in Peter's life. I love Peter uh, because Peter is uh, just an interesting character. He is far from perfect. And actually, I love uh, all the way, uh, all the, the ways that the Bible shows people. Because when the Bible talks about a person, it is very honest in the way that it shows the person. Actually, I would hate to have been included in the Bible because the Bible shows you at your best and, and the Bible can show you at your worst, even the heroes of the Bible. And if you read the Bible correctly, uh, the Bible will make you be honest uh, with yourself. Anyway, I like Peter because Peter gives me hope uh, because Peter was so imperfect that I actually feel like I probably stack up pretty well to Peter and you probably do too. And God used Peter. And better than that, Jesus loved Peter, which means that God can use me. God can use you because Jesus loves you and Jesus can love me. Through all, through everything, through the good and the bad and the ugly. And those are my three points. I want to look at Peter uh, when he was good. I want to look at Peter when he was bad. And I want to look at Peter when it was ugly. All right. First, the good. Uh, Peter was probably the most colorful of the disciples. And in some ways, the most powerful. Peter was a leader. Uh, Peter was the one who, after the resurrection, uh, didn't know what to do. And he just told everybody, I'm going fishing. And everybody went with him. When Peter moved, people moved. Uh, Peter would uh, is the only disciple that tried to walk on water. When he saw Jesus walking on water, he said, bid me to come to you. And he threw his legs over to the side of the boat and he gave it a rip. Uh, Peter was a little wild. And when Peter was on, he was really on. Uh, there's a a moment in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus has his disciples around him and he asks them a question. Uh, it's a great question. He says, uh, hey guys, uh, who do people say that I am? What's the scuttlebutt? What are, what are people saying about me? And the disciples said, well, you know, some people say you're a prophet. Some people say you're a teacher. And I guess they probably didn't want to say all the things that they had heard what people were saying about Jesus. And then Jesus asked them the question. It was the most important question anyone had ever asked the disciples. 
And it's the most important question anyone will ever ask you. Whether you are a Christian or you are not a Christian, this is the question that everything hinges on. Jesus turned to his disciples and he said this, who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am? The reason I say everything hinges on that is uh, there's a, a writer named A.W. Tozer who said, oh, what comes into your mind when you think about God uh, is the most important thing about you. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. That's because it changes everything about you. The way you behave, the way you treat others, the way you give, everything depends on what you think about God. And if you are not a Christian, what you think when you think about God is still the most important thing about you. But if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, one of the things you should be thinking about is if somebody looked at your life and they deconstructed it, and by looking at how you lived your life, they tried to determine what the most important thing about you was, would they say Jesus? Would people look at me and say, you know, the most important thing about Joe must be Jesus, because that's the only way to explain how he lives his life. Anyway, Jesus asked this question, uh, who do you say that I am? And Peter is the one that answers. And when he answers, he nails it. This is what he says, said Matthew chapter 16. Simon Peter replied, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And everybody just stopped. And Jesus said, that's right, Peter. Peter was at his very best. When Peter was good, he was very good. And Jesus loved him. But when Peter was bad, Peter was pretty bad. Because in this passage, in Matthew chapter 16, it goes on. So Peter nails this question. And when, when Jesus responds to Peter, Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you were Peter, how would you feel right then? Peter was competitive. If you read the Gospels, you can tell. That's one of the reasons I like Peter, because I'm competitive. Now, if you're competitive, you're looking around all the time to see how you stack up. And so Peter was always wanting to be number one. He wanted to be the number one disciple of the 12. And at that moment, when Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church. Peter must have been looking around at the other disciples and just thinking, if you're not first, you're last. And Peter felt great. I, then it goes on and it says, from this time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Jesus is telling them his whole mission. This is why he came. This is what's going to happen. And it says this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Get that. He rebuked Jesus saying, far be it from you, Lord. 
this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me. You're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And just like that, Peter went from first to last. When Peter blew it, I mean, he really blew it. When he was good, Jesus loved him. What's interesting is that when Peter was bad, Jesus still loved him. And now we get to the ugly. The story that that Peter is probably most known for is what happened uh, toward the crucifixion. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus is waiting to be betrayed. And he tells his disciples to pray for him. And Peter is one of the disciples that falls asleep. When Jesus comes, uh, when the, the soldiers come, they arrest Jesus and they take him away. Peter is the one that the disciples scatter. Peter is one that follows him back to the courtyard of the high priest, where Jesus is enduring one of his religious trials. Here's a little tidbit. Uh, from the time Jesus was arrested to the time Jesus was crucified, he went through six trials, three civil trials and three religious trials. Well, he is in one of his religious trials at the at the high priest's house, and Peter is in the courtyard of the high priest. And somebody comes up to Peter, and they ask him if he was with Jesus. What they're asking him is, are you a disciple? And Peter says, no. No, I'm not. Another person comes to Peter and says, wait, I think you're a disciple. And Peter says, I'm telling you, I am not a disciple. And then finally, a young girl comes up to him and says, no, I think you are. And then Peter goes off. And right after he goes off, he hears a rooster crow and he remembers what Jesus had told him about denying him. And what scripture says is that this broke Peter. It just broke him. And this is why it broke him. You know, I think most of us, you know, we love when we are good and we recognize when we are on. I think we can excuse ourselves and we rationalize why we are bad sometimes, why we lose our tempo, why we don't do the right thing. But every once in a while, we do something that even surprises us. We do something we think we are incapable of doing. Peter thought he was incapable of being this kind of man, of failing this badly. And so Peter's image of himself broke. And so he was completely shattered. Now, you know, you have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I love that we have four Gospels because you get little tidbits in each of the Gospels. The Gospel of Mark, uh, what commentators believe and theologians believe is that Mark is really Peter's account of being with Jesus uh, because Mark and Peter were close and they believe that Mark or that Peter dictated the gospel to Mark. 
And it's only in the Gospel of Mark that we find this. Right after the resurrection, when they're just starting to get news about the resurrection, uh, the women are at the tomb and they see an angel. And this is the account in in Mark chapter 16. It says, in entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. The angel said, go tell his disciples. And he adds this. And Peter, tell Peter too. Why would that be added? Can you imagine Peter in the upper room with all the other disciples? Because he didn't know where else to go, but he doesn't feel like one of them anymore. He has made it clear just to himself and to God and to other people, I am not a disciple. And the word comes from this angel. And the women say, we have a message from the angel that Jesus is alive and he wants you to go to Galilee. And he said to us, tell his disciples and Peter. And Peter must have thought, wait, (laughs) tell me again. Did he say my name? Did he say me? And they said, yeah, he said you. I think the reason that that makes me emotional is that I think, you know, these stories are not just about the disciples. They're about you. They're about me. That means that Jesus loves you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. If you have ever done anything that maybe no one else knows, but you know it, and you think to yourself, I am worse than I ever thought I could be. I've done something I never thought I would do. Jesus comes to you and he sends word, maybe even just today, go tell my disciples and Joe. Go tell my disciples and you that I still love you. Any idea what that means? You find somebody who loves you when you're at your best, you have found a good friend. You find somebody who loves you when you are bad, when you are at your worst. You know, uh, when I do a wedding, I will tell the bride and the groom, you know, they're about to make these vows for better or for worse. And I try to let them know what it's, what it's like. And I'll look at the bride And I'll say, you know what this means? And she's looking at, you know, her groom with all Google eyes and everything. And I'll see what this means to love him for better, for worse. It means when he does something that is so insensitive that no one in the world would love him, not even his mom. And I say that and everybody laughs, but everybody who's married, they kind of nudge each other and they go, that's coming. That moment is coming because they know. But if you find somebody who loves you for better or for worse, you have found a jewel. But if you ever find somebody who says, I love you in the good 
and the bad and the ugly, when you don't even love yourself, I love you. The one you have found is Jesus. Because Jesus says to Peter, listen, I want you to know, you may have thought that I had given up on you and you may have given up on yourself, but you were wrong. Because Peter, I still love you. So that's the message for you. In this, one of the famous stories of love, the story of love with Peter, and Peter goes on and he is absolutely transformed because there is nothing more powerful than being transformed by love itself. And Jesus is the one who gives you that love. Because for Jesus, love always matters most. Let's finish with worship now as we worship this one who loves you so that he gave himself for you. Thanks.